Know Thyself is dedicated to the exploration of the most rewarding task an individual can ever embark on, the journey to find oneself. Our intention is to investigate the universal principles that have equipped our species to seek the treasure of all treasures, self-knowledge. With your host, Daniel Pawinski and Eduardo Manteca, this is the Know Thyself Podcast. And we are on. Cool. Welcome to the Know Thyself Podcast. My name is Eduardo Manteca. I'm here with Daniel Pawinski. Hello. And uh, we're going to go ahead and jump back into the planetary archetypes. And this week we'll be covering Mars. And much like Saturn, Mars gets a very bad reputation that we're going to go ahead and try to sort of explain a little further as to why that is, um, you know, the correlation between its aggressive state that people seem to think it has to do with. Um, but I know there's a lot more that we're going to discuss in regards to its masculine force uh, and uh, and where this passion and assertion and the pursuit of all goals should probably go to with this raw energy. Um, but I'll go ahead and let Daniel take it away. Yeah, no, man, always with the good intro, because you're right, Mars is all about passion. Um, it's all about that masculine energy. Um, but the one thing I really like that you introduced right off the bat is it's the energy to accomplish your goals. So again, we're going to cool. kind of see Mars kind of gets this bad rap, like you kind of kind of mentioned in the beginning. Um, and very much so, it's a malefic planet. So it, it is in the same class as Saturn. It's kind of like the minor malefic. So we're going to kind of talk about the negative aspects of Mars. Um, we're going to kind of dissect that as well. But again, everything's going to have its polarity. Um, so just like Saturn, you know, we need those constructs to test us and kind of help with our expansion, Mars is really going to kind of give us the same kind of aspects as well. Um, and that's what we kind of want to look to um, kind of decipher today. And that's what we're going to kind of look in. So, so Mars, of course, it's the red planet. Um, and it's was always kind of considered the God of war. Um, so Mars, Mars does like to fight. Okay. So that's right off the bat. Uh, Mars does like the fight, and that's what kind of gets it the bad reputation that it has. Um, but again, everything has polarity, so we really want to see, you know, where can we use that fighting energy for the benefit of self-knowledge and the mm -hmm. benefit of self-understanding. So that's really what we're going to kind of look at the side, but also we're going to kind of look at the darker aspects of Mars because, you know, when a planet's like this, its darker aspects are almost easier to express. Like it takes a lot of self-control and self-knowledge to invert that energy to make it a positive force in your life. Mm -hmm. Just like Jupiter is really easy to be a positive force in your life, but too much Jupiter, like we were talking about, is too much fun, not enough discipline, right. and that's going to kind of cause some problems. So um, it is it is the god of, the god of war. Um, I would say the archetype to really describe Mars is going to be the warrior, okay? And now a warrior can be a good thing or a bad thing, and we're going to kind of talk about what's the best aspect of the warrior. Um, so again, everything has polarity, so we're going to have a dark side of Mars, and we're also going to have a positive side of Mars. Um, but really what we want to study about Mars when we're really like looking at the positive aspects of it is Mars is going to represent action and movement, okay? It's what puts the force in the action. So Mars isn't really the thing that's going to define your philosophy, 
but it's going to be able to put the actions in motion so you may you embody your philosophy. Right. Right? So Jupiter's really going to give you those philosophic ideas, but Jupiter's not going to get you up in the morning to discipline yourself, to work out, to study, to put the work in. Jupiter's not going to do that. It's just going to give you that nice like warm energy that you want to get to. Mars is that road to get to that energy. Right? So Mars is really going to work as kind of like that discipline kind of aspect. But again, Mars is very much a, um, it can be very much a aggressive planet. So we always kind of look at, you know, what are the archetypes and what are the attributes of these planets? So anger is going to come under Mars. Violence is going to come under Mars. Accidents, pain, destruction. Okay. So these are the aspects that really are kind of the tough things in our life. And a lot of times these attributes actually get put on Saturn and with our idea of what Satan is, but actually this is a Mars kind of energy. So anytime there's like an accident in society or you personally have an accident, anytime you're actually feeling pain, there's destruction or even like a violent community, that's actually an expression of Mars and not an expression of Saturn. We're going to kind of get into why we've kind of grouped those two together. Um, but that's kind of like how you would see the negative aspects of it. But the positive aspects of Mars, if you invert that energy, that's what's going to give you motivation. Mm-hmm. That's what's going to give you passion, honor, courage, um, dominance of yourself. It's really going to be that raw, divine, masculine energy. Right. So it's going to be really, it's like the great motivator. So it's the planet of that divine, masculine energy. Um and it's really important in the understanding of the self. Right. Okay. So, um, yeah, I've heard it be called the survival instinct of humanity. Yeah. You know, when we were talking, remember we were breaking down the brain with the esoteric right. brain? This would be a great representation of the R complex, right? So now the R complex can run you or you can run your R complex. It depends on what you do. It's like kind of like, sure. do you control that energy? So you don't want to ever be controlled by Mars, but you want to be able to use that energy to thrust through what you want to accomplish in your life. So right. Mars is a really powerful energy as long as you're using it correctly. But again, Mars isn't going to embody your philosophy. Like you're not going to get any feel like your philosophy is not going to be created through Mars, but it's going to give power to your philosophy. So you actually collapse those waves, right? So that's, what's going to be really important about Mars. So Mars again is it's that motivational energy. Okay. Um, and the balance of Mars um, just like, so when we remember we were talking about Jupiter and Saturn and they balance each other out, Saturn's about limits and Jupiter's about expansion. So Mars's balance out is going to be Venus and the moon. So, um, so the planet Venus, which is kind of like the planet of love is really going to balance out Mars. We're also going to see the moon kind of balances that out as well. But, um, Mars and that male energy is really going to almost represent that male, sexual energy. Mm-hmm. So passion and lust. And again, passion kind of gets a bad rap in our understanding of passion because we only really understand like base levels of passion. Right. But really what you're passionate about is what you're going to put energy towards. So if you can raise up your passion, kind of up those musical scales and be passionate about really important things, um, you can collapse a lot of different waves. It's when you're passionate about low vibrational energy things and low frequencies, that's when passion kind of becomes one of the, what they claim is a seven deadly sin, right? But passion 
is really going to kind of express a bigger aspect to um, how you get things done. It's right. the energy behind everything, right? So again, you know, uh, Mars is is the planet of war. It's all about that active energy. Um, Mars's number in alchemy is five, right? So that's why that's why in America the building that the Department of Defense is in and the Department of Offense, like how we military invade people, is the pentagram. It's the Pentagon, right? It's a five-sided building. They utilize that because they're utilizing Mars energy because Mars is that warrior energy. So that number five really kind of represents that active energy and that penetrating energy, which Mars is. And Mars, again, is that representation of that male penetrating energy. If Venus is that receptive energy, the female receptive energy, male is, Mars is that penetrating energy. That's why its glyph and its astrologic sign is the circle with the arrow coming out of it, which mm -hmm. is, kind of shows the male penetrating phallus. So it really is. It's a passionate sign. Um, but that motivation, it comes from passion. So it is, it's kind of what gets you up in the morning, okay? Um, and it's also the planet of destruction. But destruction can't be really seen as a bad thing because you need to destroy the old to make way for the new. And right. that's what Saturn's all about. So you're going to see the interplay between Saturn and Mars Mars helps destroy those old patterns that need to be left aside so new, better patterns can come into place. So again, you know, we see Mars and we think of destruction, we always think of it as the bad thing, but think about Mars as destroying almost the barriers that you need to transcend to get to that higher self that you're kind of trying to get to. And how you balance Mars out is going to be with that Venus, with that love energy, right? That's what Mars is going to all be about. It's going to be balancing out with that love energy. And also we're going to kind of look at that moon because that moon energy is really going to be about taking care of things. And that's really how you balance out Mars as well. So Mars is kind of a unique planet because it's its raw force is not spiritual. Okay, so Mars does not perceive the finer things in life. It's very heavy. It's very earthbound. It's kind of like Saturn, right? You use the lessons that Saturn gives you. You use Jupiter to understand those, those lessons of a higher aspect, right? This mm -hmm. Jupiter would be like the finer substances, the more spiritual substances. There's not a lot of spirituality in Saturn. Saturn's really hard, earthly, um, and cold, where Jupiter is going to be that really light and warm kind of energy. So Mars is going to be a lot like Saturn. It's like, you almost look at Mars as like Saturn's little brother, okay? He's kind of does the dirty work for Saturn. Like Saturn's like, hey, that needs to be, that that cycle, that pattern needs to end. Mars is who he sends out, okay? So remember, Saturn is kind of like the big boss, and Mars is the henchman that goes to do Saturn's almost dirty work, right? right? So he's destroying the cycles. He's breaking it down. He's causing the accidents. So it could give room to new patterns and new operations um, that Saturn sees fit. Okay, so Mars really is works together with Saturn to help kind of break those boundaries and those like those, yeah, I guess the boundaries that kind of keep us in place. So um, Mars is, it really is kind of a destructive energy, but it's also a driving force at the same time. Um, and it's really important because Mars makes room for the new. Okay, I um, heard a really good, 
reference to Mars before, Mars is almost like when you walk through a doorway. So esoterically, doorways are very symbolical because you're leaving one space and you're entering a new space. Um, Mars is that action that actually lets you leave one space and enter a new space. That's why in Freemason lodges, there's always doorways you walk through. Uh, that's the spiritual significance of a doorway. Like, again, there's all these things in our life that we just kind of walk through and we don't really perceive as having a spiritual aspect. But walking through a doorway, doorway going from one space into a new space is a spiritual concept. There's a lot of significance that just kind of gets thrown by the wayside because we just go through doorways all the time and we don't really see the significance. But start looking at Freemasonic art, start looking at Western mysticism art, even Eastern mysticism, doorways are going to have a lot of play. Um, Watch how directors use doorways. Like when you enter one room to the next room, it's a really in part, it has a lot of impact on the individual in the scene. Um, Even dreams. Think about when you personally are dreaming and what happens when you go from one room to the next room. Right. Sometimes it changes the whole transition and the whole setup of the dream, yeah. you know, depending on how linear you dream. Um, but there's a lot of individuals I talk to, you know, once you almost when you go through a doorway, sometimes that whole dream scenario can change just by going through a different room, right? So that leaving that that energy to actually get you to make that transition from one space to another, that energy is Mars, okay? Motivating you to actually make this new change and make this new space. Um, And it's also um, the outward expression of attraction, okay? So this is the male energy of attraction. So male's attraction, and again, when we say male and female, we're really talking about both those principles that are inside us. So if you're not if you're not really unsure what we're talking about, we really kind of reference you to go back to the episode on the law of gender, mm-hmm. um, where we really discuss that both of these principles are internal. So we both carry the male and the female energies within us. Everything carries the male and female energies with us, and we're just an expression of both of those energies playing together. Right? It's the mm-hmm. dance of the male and the female, but the male aspect and that male side of us. Really, this is kind of like internal attraction, and Venus is going to be more internal attraction. So external attraction is going to be Mars, and that's going to be kind of lust. But like rules your confidence, really, right? Confidence as well, right, right, which is attractive. Exactly. Right, especially to the female aspect of you, right? Like even the male aspect of you likes your female creative side if you're even looking at your internal self, is attracted to the confident side in you, right? When you're confident, you're a better ability to show your artistic expression, right? If you have no confidence and say you're playing the guitar, because I'm looking at a musical amp right now, if you have no confidence, it doesn't matter how good you are at guitar, you're not going to play in front of anybody. It takes that male energy to be confident so you can blossom that female energy, which is your artistic creativity, right? Right. Now, if we even actually look at that on the physical aspect, males are, you know, again, we're, we always kind of give our preps, like when you really talk about the breaking up of the sexes, males are more externally attractive initially. So like, we do kind of focus on external attraction. And then obviously, we look for the internal attraction, but females look at it a little differently. Females aren't as attractive to external as they are with internal things. So 
that really kind of shows, you know, the need for that male aspect and that male energy because we need that lust because that lust is kind of what pushes procreation. Okay. So even the idea of the, you know, the procreation of the race kind of comes down to the male being attracted to the external and the female being attracted to the internal. This is why. So Mars is that red, fiery, hot planet. Mm -hmm. This is why when you're attracted to somebody, you go, they are. And at least in the West, in America, it's a slang term. If somebody's attractive, you go, they are hot. That is a, what they're saying is they symbolize Mars. They are externally attractive. Now, a hot person might not be internally attractive and you might start talking to this person and you might be like, oh, this person's terrible. And that, that might cool down really quickly, but Right off of the bat, that external outside attraction, you're like, this individual is hot. That is a representation of Mars. Just like when we were talking about polarity, like all that slang that you hear in Western culture, it's all astrologically based. In the 1970s, you would call somebody who was kind of dull and kind of not hip, you would call them square. Square means Saturn. You mean like, oh, you're restrictive. You're not really expansive. So like when the hippie movement was going on, they would call people squares because it's really saying like, oh, you're Saturn. You're just trying to hold me back. That's why you call them square. Remember when we were talking about polarity and we were talking about what makes somebody cool? Well, that's a balanced individual who lives between the polarities. He's not polarized to one side or the other. It's a cool individual. So it's really interesting how slang even, like, you know, we talk about like, all science is based off of occult principles and all, you know, English and like the stories and the themes we talk about in the hero's journey is all based off of occult principles. But even beyond that, the slang that we actually just grow within our own communities and our cultures are based on occult principles. Absolutely. So, you know? Yeah. So it's just like when you, someone says they're hot, they're actually literally talking about Mars and they're talking about that lust, which is that driving force of attraction, which is very important, you know? Um, so again, Mars kind of gives that whole procreation aspect. And again, it's just that driving force that creates movement. It's that driving force to create movement towards like procreating. So again, um, Mars is going to represent that movement and that motivation, um, that dominating force um, and how you really kind of want to honor Mars is by when you use that force, when you use that motion, you do it with honor. Okay. So honor is very important to Mars. And that's something we really don't see much in today in the aspect of Mars. So this is why the samurai are so fascinating to people because the samurai was a complete embodiment of Mars, but they gave full respect to the honor that Mars really wants. So Mars doesn't want you just to be petty anger. Mars wants you to have direct anger. Like, you know, and we'll kind of get in the aspect of anger in a little bit. Um, but Mars wants you to Mars wants you to fight, but he wants you to do it fight honorably. Right. So it doesn't want you to fight about petty things. It doesn't want you to be told what to fight about, right? Where this is kind of gets hijacked in our military today because they kind of convince them what honor is you know they're like oh your honor is you have to fight these people over here and like there's really not a reason to be fighting these people other than the your banker overlords want you to fight those people right um but they kind of hijack that situation and they hijack that mars energy and they just tell you 
as long as you're fighting, that's honorable. Whereas samurai is just like, no, I'm if I don't agree with that fight and I don't think that that fight needs to happen, I'm not, I'm not going to do that fight. Like I'm only going to fight if I think I need to do that fight. And that's really important. And that's really important for all warriors to understand. And we do, we have these energies and we have these warriors in our society who do want to stand up for freedom. They do want to stand up for natural rights of human beings and they want to be the protectors and we need those protectors. But Right now, we're in a situation where that's almost been hijacked, where they right. will take that energy and just be like, as long as you're fighting, it doesn't matter if the fight's good or bad, as long as you're fighting for whatever colors we say you should fight for, it's honorable. And that's not true. It's a it's a slap in the face to Mars, and Mars is going to pay you for that, because Mars is like, don't take my name through the mud. You know what I mean? Right. It's just like, don't you dare. So that honor is really, really important. Um for that penetrating energy that Mars is. Um, because again, Mars wants to create action and movement, but it really wants to create action and movement in the progress of the self and the community, right? And that's kind of something that we're really kind of looking for. So um, so again, when we're kind of like talking about Mars, um, we're really talking about like, so Mars is... Um, a good representative of Mars. So just like when we were kind of explaining Jupiter and it was really easy to explain Jupiter through a zodiac sign, which is Sagittarius, Mars is going to rule Aries, okay? And Aries is in the month of March, right? March, Mars, okay? That's where that name comes from. March comes from Mars. This is why your military marches, okay? It is to the beat of Mars. And that's why you have military marches, right? Um, and what is March on our calendar? And, you know, it's it's the beginning of spring. What's spring going to do? It's going to bring in new life. It's everything starts growing. Everything starts movement. It's the, it's the whole embodiment that's going to start the whole seasonal approach of agriculture, right? Gets everything movement. So again, the ending of a cycle and the beginning of a new Mars is pushing that energy through. Um, so it's just like, again, it's the red planet, that red planet to us internally. That's like our blood. What has to keep moving in our body to stay alive? The blood, right? Blood has to circulate oxygen through our body for us to stay alive. So again, it's that moving force. And if there is no movement, there is no life. Okay. So just like with Saturn, if there's not boundaries and restrictions, there's no way to conceive this five sense construct. Right. If there's no movement within that five cent construct, it doesn't matter if there's boundaries. If we can't move around and be animate objects, there's no reason for life anyways. Okay. So Mars is, again, it's this enemy. It's this entity that, although sometimes destructive, sometimes it causes pain and has physical holding backs to us, without it, there would be no life for us to go on the journey of finding our soul, getting that alchemical wedding, and kind of completing our journey and making our way back home, right? So, um, you know, really when we're talking about this action and this movement, um, one thing you talked about last week, and I kind of want to connect to this, was you read a quote about Joseph Campbell when it was talking about the hero's journey and it was a talking about find your bliss, find your passion, right? Um, 
So find your car call, right? We were all talking about that call to adventure that happens in the, the hero's journey, which we kind of covered last week. Well, Mars is that energy that's going to actually get you to answer that call and go on that journey, right? So Mars is that energy that pushes you beyond your doubt and makes you be like, you know what, actually, I can make myself better. I can do this. And it's going to really kind of push it. So um, Mars is going to be the thing that make you find your car so you can move on your journey and get the most out of this life. Okay. Right. Right? So Mars sees, because he's so close to Saturn, he knows that the stopwatch is going. Like you took your first breath, Mars like has a stopwatch and it's just like, okay, like you took your first breath. That means you're dying. Mm. Like as soon as you take your first breath and you have life in this world, you're starting to die and you're starting to make that cycle. So Mars is really like, okay, what can we do? What can we do? What can we do um, to make sure you become the best person you possibly can? Um, so learning to harness that energy of Mars um, and to motivate you into action is going to provide you the energy to act. So again, action, energy, and movement. So to begin a new project, to follow life's dream, courage. Um, this is kind of the knight that protects the kingdom. Um, he's our, almost like our inner warrior. He's the warrior of the soul. He's the driving force and progressing you forward in on your journey. He's that combustion energy in that internal engine, right? Shooting off the sparks, creating that energy. And, um, you know, really what Mars wants you to be aware of is, and what you want, you know, what you want, he wants to declare war on something. Um, but the kind of free will decision comes on like, what are you going to declare war on? So Mars has this energy and it's just like, you have to use this energy, but what are you going to declare war on? And I mean, we've spoke about this before, you know, declaring war on the wrong things is kind of how they manipulate us. Right. Right. Well, and, um, to go back to your metaphors about, or at least the association between red. So red will always have to do with an emergency, but even a stop sign is red. So you have to be clear that there's an action that needs to be taken place or needs to have to be considered, which is coming to a stop sign, but no one's saying like, okay, well, you're going to stop your life for this stop sign. They're just saying, hey, be alert, be aware, and you proceed. Same thing with bleeding. So your body bleeding is something that it's asking you to take over. You know, your autonomic system will take care of a lot of things that we don't do consciously that happen on their own. But when you bleed externally, it's a great indicator that, hey, there's an injury, there's this going on, we need to take care of this now. Now, you don't have to do that and you could, I mean, people do do this where you see an injury or you see blood and they do start to run crazy mm-hmm. and someone's got to grab them and say, Hey, sit down. We need to like, sew this or take care of this emergency, medically speaking. Um, but most of the time, most of us, I would say, see that oh, there's a problem. I need to take care of this now. I can't really move forward with whatever task I was doing. I need to, you know, heal my wound and then I can move on. But it's the same kind of balance, metaphorically speaking, with the red color of urgency is you can feel that the problem is as big as you want it to be because the red the red color will make you go into this like fight or flight or not even fight or flight, but sort of state of, I need to be aware, but there's always a solution or a resolution after that. Like I said, the stop sign, right? It's like, there's my moment of focus. I must stop but I can also keep going. And I think that's where people kind of get lost with that, um, with that association, metaphorically speaking to Mars, where it's like, oh, 
I'm so aggressive at this moment, but what's, what's the purpose here with this aggression? Is it to stop something from occurring or is it just rampant? Like I just need to go in no direction and just be completely right. out of my mind. And that's not obviously going to help anybody with anything, but I do agree that wars and even, um, even just emergency vehicles will make you feel uneasy like that. When you see red lights flashing, you're just like, I don't know what I need to do right now. And so like, if you can use that sort of energy to confuse an individual and especially in order to attain an agenda or at least change someone's will, um, well, then it will be used and it has been used many, many times before, you know, which is why the Romans will call Mars, you know, the, the God of war. You right. Know? Right. It's crazy, but yeah, yeah, you know, you know what I'm saying. Um, you know, in the Romans, I mean, they the Romans definitely, especially towards the end of that empire, really almost started to worship the god of war. Um, but the early Romans and the Greeks didn't really even have him as high up on the god list. Um, like if you ever read Greek mythology, Venus is always going to save Mars. Mars is always kind of getting himself into fights that he can't handle. And Venus actually has to go in there and save Mars with love, right? Which is such an eye-opening experience. And again, mythology has so much amazing esoteric information that just gets totally passed over when people read it. And they're like, oh, that's not real. And you're like, I know, buddy, it's internal. Like it's yeah. happening within you, you know? But um, but yeah, so that's just like a a fascinating aspect. But you know, I didn't, I didn't even think about like a stop sign and it does, you're right. It brings that alert to you. Um, and so in, in America, and I want to say in most Western countries, and I, I don't know, I would love for you guys to let me know um, wherever you guys listen to this, um, the stop sign for us for trafficking, whether it's a stop sign or a stop light, red is always like, stop, be aware, caution kind of thing. And again, that's that Mars energy to be like, danger if you don't obey, right? Like pay attention to this. And then you brought up the aspect of blood. Um, like, you know, I, I was thinking about blood and that analogy of the circulation of oxygen through the body, but how much of an alert is it when you see your own blood or you see the blood of somebody you love? Like, you know, I saw my niece, my niece and nephew, we were in a cabin um, in Northern Arizona last week. And like, he scraped his knee and I saw blood and it was just like, it put an alert to me. Like he was fine. He was just like, no, uncle Daniel, like you're freaking out about nothing. And I'm like, are you okay, man? You know, like, is everything okay? And he's just like, yeah, pull yourself together. But like that pulled it out of me. Like I, right. there was, I put me into alert mode, you know? Um, so that's, that's a fascinating aspect and the awareness that that brings to you. Um, but that's interesting. You brought up about the, um, the emergency vehicle lights, because you're right in, in America, the police have red and blue lights on the top of their cop cars. And what that red and blue actually does is it, the red, red lights actually activate the left side of your brain and blue lights actually activate the right side of your brain. Right. So when they flash those lights at you, what that actually does is it causes internal confusion. So you can't actually process correctly. Like you really have to be mentally strong to keep your wits about you. And that's why when the police are ever interviewing you, they turn you towards those lights and they don't turn them off. And that's why if you're ever getting interviewed by the police, um, innocent or guilty, try to move them 
or ask them to don't ask them to turn off their lights because they can take offense to that. But just try to kind of own that situation and move to where your back is facing those lights and you'll be able to answer their questions a lot more clearly. But anytime they're doing any kind of like field sobriety test, they make you look right into those eye those lights because it does, it causes internal confusion. Right. Um so again, just like how dark occultists are kind of sometimes turds and they try to, <laughs> you know, ruin everything. But um but yeah, you know, it's it's again there's so much significance to that color red. This is why, you know, f- red activates that left side of your brain and that R complex. This is why fast food companies use the color red because red activates that R complex and it kicks your digestion mode into like into gear. So when you see the color red, it actually makes you hungry because your body's starting to clear out space to get more food in. So that's why the big companies like in America, there um, it's McDonald's, Burger King for Australian folks. It's Hungry Jacks. Shout out to our Australian listeners. But anyways, all Jack in the Box, like all these big fast food chains always use the color red um, because red actually makes you hungry, right? So again, we have that Mars energy Um What's Mars all about? Movement. What does that red do? It starts moving your food through your digestive system. Right. So again, these esoteric principles are so apparent and they embody everything. So that's that driving force um, that's so important. And so to kind of go back to that, that war is internal. Um, so that, that declaring of war, Mars is going to declare war on something. So whether it's going to be on another social group, whether it's going to be about a political party, whether it's going to be about a different country, um, they know that your Mars is going to declare war on something, right? Whether it's going to be the opposing football team or soccer team, like they know that that energy is going to be there and to get you angry and get you warped up about something. Um, But that free will decision of what you declare war on is up to you right? Just like everything else we've talked about, you know, that hero's journey we talked about, so much comes down to your free will decision about what are you going to declare war on? Because you do have this energy to declare war on. And this really kind of comes down to um, a misunderstanding in the West about is Islamic mysticism and really the Islamic idea of a jihad. Like we see jihad in the West and we see fear because we think it's like, terrorism and stuff like that. I mean, again, like for the conscious individuals, they know that there's a lot of false flag terrorism and we can kind of progress through that. But jihad is actually a beautiful term. A jihad is a spiritual world, war. So jihad is a spiritual war to fight the infidel. And the infidel is that tyrant and even with evil within. Mm-hmm. So the infidel was never an external thing. That was a fundamental thing that was pushed to fundamental Islamic groups that the jihad in the infidels were an external force. But if you talk to Islamic mystics, they're like, no, that the infidel is within, right? That's that opposing force. That's the oppressor within. That's really what the devil is. It's that oppressor, the person right. that's holding you back from coming to your best self. So that's who you declare war on. You don't declare war on an external enemy, okay? Um, and so, you know, this is in the West. So in mystic, Islamic is, uh, mysticism, it's that jihad and it's the um, infidel that you want to declare war on. In Western mysticism and kind of our culture, this was the dragon, right? So, you know, this is that dragon, that our complex, that divine masculine that's immature. You know, this is that 
that lower ego self that's not really seeing the whole holistic picture. Right. So this is really you facing your problems. And what this does, as Mars does, is it provides you courage to answer that call of action to take care of the internal infidel, to tame that dragon, right? That's where the spiritual war is. And again, that energy is going to be used on something. What are you going to use that Mars energy on? So it's really about waking that divine masculine and taming that dragon. But again, you know, one of the aspects that you don't want to, um, that's kind of like a misunderstanding um, in um, the West is, you know, you don't destroy the dragon because that dragon is that our complex energy. You need that energy, right? right. So you use this Mara to be able to face this fear um, and really to almost just protect that sacred feminine aspect of yourself and the sacred feminine in the external world. But you really use this Mars energy to protect your sacred feminine from your R complex or that dragon. Because if that dragon overtakes it, it will just overshadow that sacred feminine and you'll lose the whole holistic artistic side of yourself, the compassion side of yourself, and you'll just become the animal that that untamed dragon wants you to be. But again, if you can tame that dragon, you're a force that really wants to be reckoned with, right. you know? So, um, so again, I think it's really important that we understand that, you know, that dragon represents almost like desire, right? And desire is willpower is just directed desire. So, um, Again, with that dragon, if that dragon represents desire, you never want to kill that desire. So that's something that, again, is kind of a mistranslation from Eastern mysticism. Um, you know, when the Buddha speaks about, and it gets translated, that he talks about, you know, you have to kill all your desire. That's not really what he's really trying to say. That's kind of a mistranslation. He's really trying to say, you know, you have to desert that, you have to divert that desire energy into a channel that's individually constructive and works for the benefit of all. Absolutely. So, right? So that's that Mars energy. What are you going to do with that desire? You don't push that desire out. You need to divert that so it's individually constructive and it works for the benefit of all. And that's that's really important. Like enthusiasm and that excitement right. um, is really important for a tool, um, you know, not only destroy physical enemies like we'll read in our stories, but to take care of those internal negative destructive energies and our thoughts and our emotions. So, um, you know, Mars gives us that ability to face that fear and actually conquer not only our internal demons, but also kind of the external demons that we find ourselves face to face with. Yeah. And I think back to, um, gender roles here to be more specific, what people kind of, um, might take away from this in regards to this desire or a passion or, um, overall aggression or, assertiveness over something think about it when all of us have been into a relationship and we may think well in this relationship i've been fighting a lot with my spouse it's probably not a good thing it's actually not a bad thing because to fight means that you care and to care means that you have to take action and to take action means that you will find hopefully a solution but sometimes you can cross that line and just as daniel said you don't want to kill the dragon entirely right you want to be able to like tame it or at least control the reason why it's so destructive and 
you can be very destructive even in an argument with your spouse because you're trying to convey a point, but realistically, most likely, your feelings are hurt or you feel that there's some sort of injustice in between the balance of you and that other person. So you need anger to at least convey your message. And I don't say you need it. Let's take that out. But I'm going to say that sort of passion and desire is what's going to convey the message or at least start the conversation to make the other person in this relationship aware of where they might have done something deemed wronged or, you know, something that they don't feel comfortable with. And that's where I think we have to find a very perfect balance. It's Mm -hmm. like you need the aggression as Mars, as Daniel puts it with taking care of this and not ignoring it. You need to take care of this problem you're having internally, but also be aware of where you're coming from because there is a fine line you can cross and then, well, it's not good for anyone. Right. Right. (laughs) So I think that's where it's, it's one of those um, delicate uh, paths to walk on, you know? Yeah. And again, it's all about balance. All that's, about balance. That's all we've really ever talked about, you know, and that's why, you know, the Buddha always was just like, you know, the middle path and balance is so important. We learned that when we learned about the hemispheres of the brain, but you know, one thing you did pick up and I, and I'm glad that you just mentioned it. Um, cause it's something we really want to address, um, is anger. And, just like everything has polarization, the anger that comes from Mars, we have to understand that there is a benefit there. So there's negative aspects that come from anger, but there's also positive aspects that come from anger. And that's another thing that I think we've kind of lost touch with in the West. Um, the idea not to get ever get angry, um, you know, Abraham Lincoln has a quote that says, to judge a man's greatness, see what he gets angry about. And that's so, so true. Like, you know, we're, we're always told in the West, you know, oh, don't get angry, don't get angry, don't get angry. Um, it depends what you're getting angry about. Like, if you're getting angry about a sports team losing or a ref making a bad call in a, in a football game— that's that is that's a waste of anger that's petty anger there's there's no implication to that like that's not important on the grand scheme of things but if you get angry about humans losing natural rights using humans losing freedoms human trafficking um you know the killing of innocent individuals you're supposed to be you're supposed to be angry right. about that. That is what makes you, you're morally human. Like that's the stuff to get angry about. And anger can be very beneficial. It can push change to happen. Um, that's something that we're socially conditioned to do. Like that's been something that they've been pumping in. And again, the the social engineers really hijacked the new age movement. And, I'm, and, they, and I, when I say that, I always want to reference that there's so much good resources in the new age movement. Like there's so many good writers, there's so many good thinkers. Um, but because it was such an open movement, it was able to be hijacked and they hijacked certain ideas, hijacking the idea that you're never allowed to get angry is destructive. Like it, we were, we were given anger by the creator of the universe. So he gave it to us for a reason. Now he didn't give it to us for that reason for um, petty things, right? He didn't get angry for us for like little, like minor ego things like, Oh, well I wanted to do this or they don't have my beer. I wanted, or like I've owned restaurants. Like I've seen grown individuals like 
freak out because we were out of a, a wine, you know, like, oh, I'm sorry, we sold out of this bottle of wine and they had like a freak out. You know, that's not the best way to use your anger like that. You don't want to show that anger to anybody else. But if you're getting angry about the right things and it's empowering you to make change and you're standing up for it, that's just being human. That's just being a good person. Like you right. need to stand up for individuals. Um, and we've all we've been almost culturally conditioned to perceive it as all bad and all wrong. Um, but really, you know, it comes down to when we were talking about the five W's in that first episode, um, why is this person angry, you know? And that's really important. Like, even if somebody is hysterical, you have to ask like, well, why is this person angry? And it's, it's a valid reason. And it's really important that we kind of perceive that because there is unproductive anger and it's that petty anger and it's, you know, displeasure and trivial situations. I mean, it's based on that lower set of ego, um, you know, like tonight, like I, on my way to Eddie's, like I, I, I have an old truck and I ran out of gas and you guys, I, I think I've spoke about my truck before, but I ran out of my gas on my way here, but, and it's like a million degrees outside in Arizona. And I was like stuck at a gas station trying to go back and forth with this little gas tank, trying to put gas into my car. And like, I could have got angry about it, but it was my own freaking fart fault. Right. Like, that was a hundred percent my fault. Like, why didn't I just, I was just so excited to come over and do the podcast that I was just like, because I can't tell on my gas gauge if there's gas in there or not. And I'm like, no, I'll make it. Well, I didn't make it. I ran out of gas a mile and a half away. And then I had to walk here because I tried to send you, and my phone was dying. And I tried to send you a text message to be like, hey, I'm here. And I sent you the wrong cross streets. So poor Eddie's looking for me and he's not even looking on the right road. So like, I could have been angry about having to walk here at night um and doing this podcast like two hours late but like i had to realize that that's my own fault like i did that to myself and i just have to kind of like laugh about it that's not something to get angry about but years ago oh i would have been like today's the worst day ever the universe hates me and i would have been like super upset but like i was furious with you (laughs) (laughs) no just kidding i just just went out looking for him i was like he's out there he's the best friend in the world guys it's so good that like we said you're you know your tribe of x your tribe and he's the man but um but you know what i mean like that wasn't something to be angry about but years ago oh man i would have been furious about running out of gas and i would have blamed everybody i would have blamed my gas gauge for not working right but it's just like well, why why don't you fix your gas gauge, Daniel? And it's yeah. like, well, I didn't do that, you know? But there is reasons to be mad. And that's something we really want to be pay, pay attention to. And, you know, especially right now, like, we do need to be mad about the our natural rights being taken away, our freedoms being taken away, um, the treatment of everybody around this world, you know, the amount of people who are starving. Like, this is stuff you want to be mad about. And again, you tell the quality of an individual by what they get mad about. So don't get mad. Like, don't always think you need to dismiss anger because anger is that transformative force that puts movement into motion to make change happen, right? There's a reason why they don't want us to be mad because they know they're making us mad about some interesting stuff right now. So we really want to, Mark Passio said it grew great and he has a whole presentation on this if you want to check it out. It's called The Sacred Gift of Anger. But he really, his purpose and his thesis of that was the intelligence of all creation enabled this into our physiology so we can actually, you know, use this anger to reason out 
solutions to problems Correct. because it gives you that fiery energy to make that happen. Um, and he called it righteous indignation, which I really liked. Um, and it's really a correct sense of morality and justice. So if you have a correct sense of morality and justice, you should be mad about the situations we find ourselves in because it's, it's, it's not good. It's not healthy. It's not. And again, when we kind of talked about truth and how natural law works, we understand that if there's evil being done, especially in this mass organization that evil's done, we're going to feel the karmic consequences. So we are all connected. We're all going to, we're not separate from this stuff, even though it's happening maybe in Hollywood or in the deep state or in a different kind of cabal system. It's still humanity is making this energy happen. So we're going to get the effects. So it's really kind of interesting um, when we kind of look at Mars. And again, Mars and Saturn, again, are kind of big brother, little brother. When we talk about the social engineers and we talk about dark occult rituals, these are the planets that they are using when they, so dark occultists. Right. Um, so, you know, you have light work and dark work. Um, you kind of have a light path and dark path on the Kabbalah. And that's not really what we're talking about when we say that. Like when we say dark occultists, they're not so much using the dark path of the Kabbalah because you use the dark work to look inside and you use that. You want to look into your dark side and you really want to incorporate that into yourself. When we talk about dark occultists, they're literally doing rituals that are just based off of Saturn and Mars. Um, and that's kind of what they focus on to create the change, the negative change they want to see happen in the environment. Um, this is why, you know, civilizations since the beginning of time have done blood sacrifices. What's a blood sacrifice? It's a ritual for Mars. Cause we talked about Mars is the, you know, the, the, um, is the representation of blood. So that's right. why we have blood sacrifices. This is why we have Saturn, um, is the end of cycles. And this is why you're always going to see dark occultists use Saturn and Mars and really as light occultist and true magicians, um, we want to incorporate all the planets because we balance Mars with Venus, we, which is the love energy, right? Or even you want to balance Mars with the moon energy. And that's just you taking care of something. Like what's going to make a warrior soft? Taking care of something, right? That's why they don't let like soldiers have pets because it's going to make them soft. Like you want to be able to care for something. That's where you're really going to incorporate that moon energy and you want to love something. That's where that Venus energy is. And that's going to balance out your Mars. But too much Mars energy um, is blinding, right? So we see some individuals, and again, like our athletics is a completely Mars-dominant energy, right? Um, but that's why when there's certain athletes that come around that actually have like a philosophy of living – they make such a huge impact. Like, you know, you could have a good coach in a sport, but if you have a good coach that kind of has a Jupiter and Saturn kind of feel to him where he can teach you lessons that are bigger than the sport you're playing, all of a sudden that coach becomes a mentor, right? right? You know, you could have the best coach in the world that can show you how to hit a baseball or hit a golf club, but it's when that coach can actually connect that Jupiter and that Saturn energy into that sport that you're like, wow, that individual changed my life. And that's why you have those like great mentors that kind of come into your life. So you always want to balance these energies out and you don't want to just concentrate them on because that is what a dark occultist uses. They just focus on Saturn and Mars and you always want to balance that out. So we talked about 
How do we balance out Saturn? We balance it out with Jupiter. How do we balance out Mars? Well, we're going to balance that out with Venus, which is going to be one of the next planets that we do. Um, and we'll kind of talk about that because that's a, a beautiful, lovely planet as well. But again, Mars, uh, Venus can get a little inflated as well. So how do you balance that out? Well, you do it with that Mars energy, you that know, balance. so uh, that balance. So again, that Mars is going to, it's what gets you up in the morning. It's that discipline. Um, what's that individual's name? Who's, he was a Navy SEAL. Um, Jocko, what's his last name? I think it's Willink. Willink really or sure. something? Yeah. But I mean, if you ever want to be like, well, what does a Mars energy look like? Just listen to this guy. He is all about discipline. I mean, the guy gets up at like three in the morning and like fights ninjas. Like yeah. he's insane. Like he's awesome. You know, yeah. like great. I'm glad that that energy represents, but what he represents is that Mars energy. Um, and he's a great embodiment of it, right? If you know anybody who's an Aries and your and your friends, um, just think about how active they are and how they're like they're that burning fire and they're just ready to go. These are the like I mean, I'm sure if you looked at like UFC fighters and um, boxers, like I bet they would have a lot of Aries in their sun or Aries in their moons. Like they would have some kind of Aries or some kind of Mars is going to play a prominent chart position in their birth charts right, that right? warrior like that warrior like energy or military right um and again it's important like we need we need warriors but we need warriors for the right cause we need warriors that are going to protect truth justice and freedom you know not warriors that are just going to blindly follow a color or a flag right, right. you know we need philosophically strong leaders and warriors yeah, well said. Well said. so well, wow yeah, Mars. We made it. You know, and we we did this podcast like three hours late. And like I showed up sweaty um, and just like knocked on Eddie's door. And he just pulled in because he was looking for me. He was about to put in a uh, missing person report for me. But we did it. We did so do it. Mars tried to keep us down. And no. what did we do? We took Mars energy. We inverted it. And we That's made exactly the podcast happen. No, my hat's off to you, man. Hey, cheers to you, my man. And uh, my my hat's off to all of you, uh, as Dan likes to say. But, um, but yeah, no, well done way to live by your by your words you we know? did it my guys so um but yeah big shout out to um to everybody um again you guys have been so supportive we've gotten such good feedback we're getting um so much great stuff like the stuff you guys send me on instagram you're always sharing um new like pictures you're giving me ideas you, there's just a lot of great communication happening um, and just kind of telling me what connected, what like resonated with you from the podcast um, and all the friends that we've made, the people that I just like really look forward to getting your messages and it just like makes our day and the people reaching out on the website. Eddie did some re um, work on the website and he's, we're adding a resources section. So that will be posted up there and we'll kind of post all the books that we've ever spoke about as well up there. Um, and we're really going to try to grow that resource section, but um yeah, they, again, this is the biggest honor in the world to be on this journey with you guys. So everybody who's helping spreading the word of this podcast, um, you're our best friends. Absolutely. No, we're <laughs> very thankful. And um, yes, well, um, well, that being said, next week, will we continue these planetary archetypes? Will we jump right into Venus? Yeah, you know, I think we'll be kind of jumping into Venus. I know we, um, I mean, but with the hero's journey kind of fresh on the mind and... Um, we really want to get that Star Wars episode, so I think we're going to probably jump in and maybe do the Star Wars episode first. Um, 
But again, there's so much to talk about. And there's Venus so is so fantastic. I know, I know. And we That's need some romance in our lives yeah, right now. So, um, so yeah, we're going to kind of see. We kind of always kind of let the uh, river flow for us on that aspect. But either way, um, we're really exciting to spend more time with you guys. And we'll, we'll see you next week. Yeah, next so, week. Until next time. Until next time.